Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott, on this Method Monday, and we're coming off an incredible weekend in the Valley. Obviously, uh, if you have not listened to our uh, podcast yesterday with Coach Mangan and Coach Manchi, we recapped the NHSSCA clinic. Uh, we had five incredible speakers, uh, as well as a presentation on some new technology, as well as a, a Friday night uh, hands-on event over at Sports Advantage Appleton. So that another great event put on by the NHSSCA. I think we had well over 120 coaches uh, in the building Saturday morning at Kimberly High School. Big shout-out to Kimberly High School uh, as a thank you for that. Um, remember, you know, we got we got and we got some great feedback on the podcast, which is awesome. So a lot of coaches out there listening to the podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, keep listening, keep tuning in, keep sharing the show. Uh, it's very important to, to get these messages out to our young people, to our young athletes, to our coaches. Uh, if you know a friend or a coach who's not listening or does not know about our show, please share it. I uh, met about eight to 10 coaches that didn't even know we had a podcast. And uh, uh, hopefully they're going to be having listeners. If you guys that, that we met at the, at the convent or at the clinic are uh, listening, shout out to you guys. Appreciate you guys with the growth mindset. Um, again, huge shout out to Kimberly High School and, and their staff for all they did to get everything set up. It was an amazing venue. Um, a lot of work went into a lot of technology and things like that. So um, Appleton, Sports Advantage Appleton will open in March, uh, March 1st. Already got some groups that are that are getting team training, team mentality training, stuff like that, um, as well as uh, people from those high schools. Uh, of the youth groups that that we're already starting to work with, so um, that area is is going to get an edge real darn quick, and we're really excited to be there. Really excited to bring what we do to the Fox Valley um, and the communities around that area. Today we want to talk Method Monday. Uh, we're going to talk risk reward today, and I think for me as a strength coach, uh, over twenty five years as a strength coach. This is one of the foundational things that I base any exercise that I choose, any rest period that I choose, anything that I do in strength and conditioning, it comes down to me to risk reward. Um, unfortunately, let's be realistic, uh, sports can be chaotic and there's always a risk of injury. Um, that's the reality of it. And again, as strength coaches and performance coaches, that's our job. One of our main jobs is try and mitigate and lower the risk for injury. Um, but when the risk becomes something that is involved in your training, now you have to start look at, um, are you doing the right things for your kids? And again, anytime someone walks into a weight room, whether you're walking into a planet fitness or whether you're walking into the Wisconsin Badger, you know, football weight room, there's, there's, there's a risk. Okay. There's a risk with anything you do in life. It's really then becoming you as a coach need to choose is the reward that you get for the things you're choosing to do worth the risk um, is, is the reward of kids training worth the risk, right? When they walk in the door, there's that risk of injury. Uh, we all know that training properly, there's a huge reward versus the small amount of risk. However, it was interesting in my Friday night talk. And this is something that I truly believe is we talked in season and again, in season that that fine line that you have for risk reward is even smaller because now you're talking about practice volume. You're talking about game volume. Uh, when you're talking about high, high school athletes, you're talking about tests and midterms and all the other things that put stress on their body, stress on the body will start to raise 
um, the possibility that your kids may break down. And so we have to choose things in season that have low risk and high reward uh, for our kids. And it was interesting uh, because there's there's a stigma that you shouldn't lift heavy in season because you could get hurt. Um, and the first and foremost thing that I said to the group, you know, because I brought it up, was, well, if you're teaching your kids how to do things correctly, um, that, that you know, fear should go away. Um, the fear of in-season injuries in your weight room. Uh, I haven't seen, you know, more than a handful of injuries occur in a weight room ever and very, very few, <laughs> a very small amount of those um, have ever occurred during the in-season um, because there's there's such a high heightened awareness of that. And, you know, my question to the group was, you know, what are some of the main injuries that you guys see uh, with your athletes? And the two, you know, injuries that popped up that a lot of coaches agreed on were hamstring strains and hip flexor. So, you know, kind of both mechanical injuries uh, as far as the lower limb. There wasn't anyone that brought up lower back, right? Everybody fears squatting in season is going to hurt your low back. Not one coach brought that up as an injury that occurs on a regular basis or even, you know, was thought of. So again, right there, the perception of that, um, of squatting heavy should be, should be moved to the side. Okay. And the second thing, when you start to look at that, when you talk about hamstring injuries, um, why would we put kids in the scenario of doing something at the highest intent, um, when the thing that could happen is the thing we're most fearful of happening, and that's a hamstring pull, okay? Um, practices, you should have some high-intense sprinting involved in your practice, whether it's during your five-on-five -five in basketball, whether it's running routes as a football player, whether it's sprinting. So do you really need to do absolute speed work during your in-season? I, I would say no. I don't think you do. Um, do you have to do absolute high-end strength work during the season? I would say yes. Um, and I use a baseball analogy for this. If I'm a baseball player that, you know, works my tail off in the offseason, which a lot of our baseball players do to increase exit velocity and throwing velocity. And we know that detraining starts to occur 10 to 14 days, you know, as you start to reduce your strength training or eliminate it, which a lot of our baseball programs have done. Um, you know, this guy that now maybe went from 85 miles an hour to 90 in his, in his throwing velocity. Now the thing that you've added to him during the off season, which is strength work where he's gotten stronger. Now you take that away from him. Now it becomes harder and harder for him to create that velocity. So 14 days later, that 90 mile an hour fastball, if he's reaching that, is harder on his body to generate. So what happens? Typically, you know, if you go two to three months without training, you know, mechanically, they need to start doing things differently to generate that velocity, which means probably start using poor mechanics. So in other words, as we go come a full circle on this, the fear of injury in the weight room where you just completely eliminate it now is probably going to raise your chance for injury because you're not doing it. Okay. We typically see guys break down with arm injuries 
because of overuse or because of some type of detraining where they have to work harder to create that. Conversely, all right, for those that argue and and want to say you should be doing, you know, absolute sprints during the season, I would say I would completely disagree with that. Because at the end of the day, um, when you're in the weight room, okay, we're going to compare it to the weight room and the fear of getting injured in the weight room. Um, we know this. Kids are smart enough to know that if they're in the squat rack and something doesn't feel right in the in-season, their their radar goes up. So they're going to tell you, hey, coach, you know, I'm, I'm a little stiff right now. And then you can make modifications with that. But you put those timing gates out, okay, on a Monday or Tuesday, um, the majority of your kids are going to go and run. And, you know, you don't know what maybe happened to them on a Friday night, you know, during the game. You don't know if they're completely hydrated, okay? And if you have a couple kids pull hamstrings or stress their hip flexors because, again, they're trying to – maybe achieve a speed that might not be, you know, they might not have the ability to do it during the in season. Mechanically, if they start running differently, like we talked about with this pitcher, they pull a hamstring. Um, is the risk worth that? If you're in level two or level three of the playoffs, are you really going to risk that to see if a kid can hit his flying 10, you know, within 90%, you know, you know within 10% or, or, or PR, to say that they PR'd, does that really make sense? To me, it makes no sense. So again, back to putting kids in scenarios where they're more susceptible to injury, putting them in scenarios where they're more susceptible to injury and the things that you're worried the most about them getting hurt seems really foolish to me. Okay. And we use this too with, with Olympic lifts, you know, unless you're really skilled, I mean, and I mean skilled, because Olympic lifting is a sport. In teaching the movements of the cleans or the jerks or the snatch, wouldn't it be easier to you know, have a kid grab a pair of dumbbells, tell them to jump as high as they can on a jump mat? If you're looking at force production and explosive power, something that every one of your kids from the ages of eight and up can do. You know, uh, um, th We've had very few injuries that I've ever seen um, in the weight room, and a couple of them, I've seen are, are from doing a clean, you know, breaking a wrist. Um, think about that again in the in season, you know, if a kid would fracture his wrist, you know, during the season, again, there's a lot of different things you can do to reduce injuries. There's a lot of ways that you can get that same training stimulus in a very easy manner. And the in season is not the time to try and, you know, push your methodology forward. It should be about the athletes first and doing things they can do and feel comfortable doing. And the reward that you're doing, the reward, excuse me, that from the exercise is going to be so much greater than the risk. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense not to do it. Okay. So again, think about that when you're doing that. You can do acceleration starts in your warmups at practice. You don't have to have them running at absolute speed with a 25, 30-yard build-in, okay? If you're really big in the Olympic lifts, do the pulls without the catch, okay? We know the bar slows down once it crosses the hip. Do the, do the pulls without the catch if you feel comfortable with that, okay? But let's be smarter with our kids and not try and validate our own idea, ideology. You know, one of the messages I shared with a lot of coaches this weekend was 
It's not about being right. It's about solving the problem. And the in-season, the problem is how to best train your athletes with the least amount of risk of injury. Because we all know walking in that rate room, there is a risk. There's always a risk. Okay? So think about that. I understand that might be an unpopular opinion, but that's fine. Um, because my goal is always to share my thoughts, my experiences with everyone. And then um, if you have feedback, feel free to message me uh, on my Twitter and my Instagram. Love to connect with anybody uh, on this podcast. But remember, risk-reward. Always put the reward way above the risk, all right? Have an awesome day. Let's make it a great week. Chop it.